Today I'm going to be talking about Yemen and the so-called Houthi movement as it's portrayed in the Western media, which completely misinterprets what's actually happening. In reality, 80% of the population of Yemen live under a revolutionary government in which the so-called Houthi movement, which is officially known as Ansarallah, is the main political force, but there are other political factions in this government based in the north of Yemen, and they have essentially tried to impose a naval blockade on Israel in order to support Palestinians who are being threatened with genocide sponsored by the Western powers. In December, the political forces that govern the majority of Yemen announced that they would attack any ships going through the Red Sea that are planning on providing supplies to Israel. This has massive economic implications because it means that ships will have to be rerouted and instead go south around the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa and instead enter the Mediterranean through Western Europe. The resistance forces that govern Yemen are blocking access of ships that go through the strategic Bab al-Mandab Strait, which also means that they're unable to go through the Suez Canal. And this is another very important choke point. The World Economic Forum reported that 30% of the world's shipping container volume transits through the Suez Canal and 12% of the total trade of all goods pass through the Suez Canal. This is why Washington was so frightened by Yemen blocking the, the Baba Mandab Strait and why the US military announced its attempt to create a naval coalition to defend Red, Red Sea shipping. Now this brings me to the issue of Yemen and the so-called Houthi movement. The Western media constantly refers to this group as the so-called Houthi militia and constantly claims that they are Iranian proxies. This is ridiculous propaganda. First of all, they're not called the Houthis. That's the Western name. They're officially known as Ansar Allah and they are indigenous Yemenis. They consist of people in Yemen who speak Arabic. They're not Iranians and they emerged indigenously in the country in response to the history of U.S. drone wars and the U.S. invasion of Iraq and U.S. meddling in the region. This was acknowledged in a report published by the Brookings Institution, which is a mainstream think tank in Washington. In an article published by a former CIA agent named Bruce Rydell, who's a senior fellow for Middle East policy, and he served as a CIA analyst for 30 years. In this article at the Brookings Institution, he admitted that the so-called Houthi movement, that is Ansar Allah, has its origins in popular movements in the region, and in particular, in response to the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003, which led to the increasing political involvement of what had previously been largely a cultural and religious group based in the north of Yemen. And he said, furthermore, more than six years of American support led by a neighbor most Yemenis hate, that is Saudi Arabia, including airstrikes, blockades, and intentional mass starvation of Yemenis are the characteristics of a war the United States has supported, which led to increasing popular support for Ansar Allah inside Yemen. And he admitted 
The Houthis have created a functioning government, which includes representatives of other groups and 70 to 80 percent of Yemenis live under the control of this government that this movement created. In reality, the so-called Houthi movement has a lot of popular support in Yemen, and you can see this because they constantly have huge rallies. There are videos on social media. They have rallies in support of Palestine, and every 21st of September, they have a rally marking the revolution in 2014 in which the so-called Houthi movement, Ansar Allah, took over the capital, Sana'a, in Yemen, and created a revolutionary government. This is not just some militia. This is the de facto government in the majority of Yemen, and they govern in alliance not only with people who are part of their movement, but also with members of other Yemeni political parties, including socialists, including Nasserists, including nationalists. They control government ministries. They have social services. They also have a significant military, and in fact, Many of the branches of the previous military that governed Yemen joined them in 2014 when they launched this revolution on the 21st of September. At first, they created what was called a Supreme Revolutionary Committee, and then they created what is known as the Supreme Political Council. And this is the political body that governs most of Yemen. The reality is that Yemen today is essentially divided like it was until 1990. Until reunification in 1990, there were two separate countries. One was North Yemen and one was South Yemen. And today, the borders are mostly the same. They're slightly different, but today we see basically the same political division. But it's important to understand that if you look at a map, South Yemen looks much bigger, but most of South Yemen is not populated. Three quarters of the total Yemeni population live in the northern part, which is governed by the Supreme Political Council led by Ansar Allah. The government in the south is technically recognized by the United Nations, but that's because the Western powers have imposed that, and the U.S. prevents any change in international recognition because the U.S. holds the U.N. hostage. In reality, the so-called internationally recognized government in the south of Yemen, it's it's actually a puppet regime, and its former leader for years, who was a dictator named Abir Rabu Mansour Hadi, he was living in Saudi Arabia. He was not even living in southern Yemen. And he was widely referred to by people in Yemen as a Saudi puppet. In fact, Hadi was such a puppet that in 2022, the Wall Street Journal reported that Saudi Arabia forced him to step down and appointed its own hand-picked puppets to control southern Yemen. And now what's funny is the Wall Street Journal misleadingly referred to Hadi as a so-called elected president, but he was not actually elected. He did participate in a so-called election in 2012, but he was the only candidate, so he got 100% of the votes. It was not a real election. He was a dictator who was propped up by the Western powers, and it was a Saudi puppet living in Riyadh in order to try to control Yemen. Today, the so-called internationally recognized government based in South Yemen, its leaders 
largely live in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. And basically, there is a proxy conflict between the UAE and Saudi Arabia who bribe local politicians and militias and tribes in South Yemen to try to win support. And the UAE has been colonizing Yemeni territory, including the islands of Socotra. And the southern government is controlled by a so-called Presidential Leadership Council, which is largely dominated by separatists, which are called the Southern Transitional Council, which consists largely of Salafi extremists, and also they are backed by Israel. They are they support Israel, and they have asked for support from Israel in order to fight the so-called Houthis, that is Ansar Allah, that is the government in the north of Yemen, and they again only represent around 20% in the South, these Southern separatists backed by the UAE, allied with the US and Israel, they only represent around 20% of the Yemeni population. It's a complete farce. This is why the US government and Western media outlets try to falsely portray the so-called Houthis as Iranian puppets or Iranian proxies. It's projection for the fact that the people in southern Yemen that are trying to govern the country and claim to be the internationally recognized government, they themselves are actual puppets. If you want to understand Ansar Allah, there was a very interesting documentary published by a Saudi journalist named Safal Ahmad, and she published it at Frontline News, and it's titled The Fights for Yemen. In this documentary, Safal Ahmad interviewed numerous Yemeni leaders and from the revolutionary movement, from the revolutionary committee that was created after the revolution and they took control of Sana'a, the capital, in on the 21st of September 2014. And she noted that the so-called Houthi movement got a lot of support because they had an anti-corruption agenda. They were fighting against corrupt officials. And she also noted that they were being attacked by al-Qaeda and also extremist other Sunni forces, like from the Muslim Brotherhood and other far-right Sunni forces. And she noted that Al-Qaeda is fiercely opposed to the Houthis. Al-Qaeda's Sunni extremist beliefs mean they consider the Houthis to be heretics. And the Houthi movement is rooted in the Zaidi faith. And the fact that they are Zaidi Muslims, which are Shia, is part of the sectarian propaganda narrative that the that Saudi Arabia and the Western powers have spread to try to portray them as Iranian puppets. But in reality, Zaidi Muslims are not 12er Shias, which is what most Shias are, including in Iran. In fact, they in, in, ter in terms of their Islamic jurisprudence, they're actually much closer to mainstream Sunnis. So yes, they are Shia, but they're not Shia in the same way that Iranians are. But this is part of the sectarian narrative. And in the, this report, this documentary, the Saudi journalist Safal Ahmad interviewed many of the Ansar Allah leaders, and she said that th at the heart of their Zaidi faith is the principle of rebellion against unjust rulers, and they were really motivated after the U.S. invasion of Iraq, and they started to spread a revolutionary theory that combines Zaidi revivalism with an anti-imperialist, anti-U.S. agenda. And there's an incredible moment in this documentary where she asks an Ansar Allah leader about the accusations that they are Iranian puppets. And they said, this is not true. These are just accusations. And the 
Ansarallah leader said that yes, okay, we have political and moral support from Iran, but we also support Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Why is this insistence that we receive support from Iran other than wanting to turn the struggle in this country and the region into a sectarian one based on the American and Zionist agenda? This is an incredible moment because it shows that Ansarallah, which governs the majority of Yemen, is an anti-imperialist nationalist movement. And yes, they are religiously motivated like Hezbollah in, in southern Lebanon, but they are ultimately rooted in a nationalist struggle against colonialism and neocolonialism, against Israeli colonialism and U.S. imperialism and the constant invasions of the region and attacks on countries in the region and bombings. They are not Iranian puppets. Yes, they have received support from Iran, like Hezbollah in Lebanon, but they're not Iranian puppets. They are indigenous resistance forces rooted in national liberation struggles against neocolonialism by Western powers and their Israeli proxy. Israel is actually a proxy of Western colonialism led by U.S. imperialism. And these are resistance nationalist forces that, yes, have a religious identity that's part of their struggle, like, for instance, liberation theology in Latin America, which was, these are these progressive leftist, often socialist movements, but they were motivated by religious ideology. Even Hugo Chavez, who inspired the so-called Houthi movement in Yemen, Ansarallah, they were inspired by Hugo Chavez. Well, Hugo Chavez himself talked about how Jesus Christ was a revolutionary, a socialist who cared for the poor and threw the money lenders out of the temple. So in many of these struggles, in these progressive nationalist struggles against colonialism, religion plays a role to inspire people to fight against their oppressors. And this is exactly what is happening across the region in Yemen, in Lebanon, and in Palestine. And this is exactly why the Western powers supported Saudi Arabia and the UAE for years in a borderline genocidal war to kill as many Yemenis as possible, to try to overthrow the revolutionary government in the north of Yemen and to reimpose a puppet regime. This is why the United Nations reported in 2021 that 377,000 Yemenis had been killed in this war that began in 2015. I mentioned that in 2014, Ansar led a revolution in Yemen that overthrew the Saudi puppet dictator Hadi and created a new popular government. Well, in response to that, in 2015, in March, Saudi Arabia, with the support of the U.S. and the U.K. and France, launched a brutal bombing campaign intentionally targeting civilian areas, trying to starve as many Yemeni civilians as possible, killing hundreds of thousands of Yemenis in this, in this genocidal scorched earth war. And mainstream media outlets like the Guardian newspaper in Britain acknowledged, quote, the Saudis could not do it without us. This was a war that could only be carried out because the U.S. and then also the U.K., but mostly the U.S. supported Saudi Arabia and also the UAE in this scorched earth war against the people of Yemen to try to recolonize Yemen because they saw Ansarallah, the so-called Houthi movement, as a threat to Western neocolonialism in the region, and they were afraid that the revolution in Yemen could spread to other countries in the region, not least being Saudi Arabia itself, being that there is a, a small but important Shia minority in 
Saudi Arabia, which has been brutally oppressed by the Saudi regime with U.S. support. And they have held many big protests against the brutally oppressive Saudi regime. And U.S. support for this genocidal war on Yemen has been bipartisan. It started under Obama and it continued under Trump. And in fact, Donald Trump was one of the most pro-Saudi leaders in U.S. history. And he, in 2019, he vetoed a bill that was passed by the U.S. Congress that called for ending U.S. support for the Saudi war in Yemen, which would have immediately ended the war because Saudi Arabia cannot wage war in Yemen without U.S. support. Trump vetoed that peace bill. So anytime you hear some of Trump's ridiculous so-called MAGA supporters insanely try to portray him as an anti-war president, remind them of this, this completely criminal act in which Trump continued supporting this genocide in Yemen. And of course, Trump also in January 2020, a year later, he killed Iran's top general Qasem Soleimani and he killed the Iraqi military leader Abu Mahdi Mohandes in an act of war. And Trump continued the military occupation of Syria and boasted of stealing Syria's oil. It was because of this genocidal war backed by the US and the UK that in 2018, the United Nations declared Yemen to be the worst humanitarian crisis on earth with millions of people in dire need of humanitarian assistance. This was a horrific crime against humanity with hundreds of thousands of people killed and blood on the hands of Western governments. And by the way, the so-called Houthi movement is not only popular just in Yemen, but also increasingly popular across the region. This was acknowledged in an article published by the New York Times in which they said, quote, Yemen's Houthi militia has been gaining popularity across the Middle East. And they noted that Increasingly, across the region, the war in Gaza has left citizens seething with anger at Israel and the United States and also at their own American-backed governments. And people have hailed the Houthis, that is Ansar Allah, as one of the, as one of the few regional forces willing to challenge Israel with more than harsh words. This is exactly what I was saying earlier. Some of the other countries maybe criticize Israel, but they don't do anything tangibly to support Palestinians. This article in the New York Times quotes a Yemeni medical supply worker who says that, that Ansar Allah has given us dignity because they are fighting back against Western colonialism. And the article noted that the, that the so-called Houthis call themselves Yemen's armed forces because they are. Now, the New York Times, which is, of course, U.S. propaganda, they talk about the so-called internationally recognized government based in the South. But they don't mention that that so-called internationally government recognized government only actually controls 20 percent of the Yemeni population. And their so-called leaders live in Saudi Arabia and the UAE and they're complete puppets with no legitimacy whatsoever. They don't mention that Ansar Allah runs the government with with 80 percent of the population. But even the New York Times has to acknowledge that Yemen has become very popular. And they quote a Yemen analyst at the International Crisis Group, which is a Western propaganda organization. And, and this Yemeni analyst notes that people are, are very thrilled to learn that he is from Yemen. They're very excited. And they talk about how brave the Houthis are. And this article notes that actors like the Houthis are the region's only hope to challenge what they see as Western hegemony. So this is as honest as you're gonna get from the mainstream media in the US acknowledging that these are legitimate 
national liberation forces in the region that are fighting Western neocolonialism and defending the self-determination and sovereignty of their peoples.